Welcome to Feel Feelings with Danny and George, the show that talks about feelings and the things that make you feel them. Dan. Oh my God, George, I'm in Studio B for the first time in ages. Studio B, which is just downstairs. <laughs> yeah, it's no longer <laughs> under a blanket in my bedroom. I have more rooms in the house, but I'm confined to my living room because uh, this new pup will not leave things alone when I leave the room. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, Dan, show us the dog. Oh my God. It's like a little turd. I, I need to get a... Uh, like a like baby monitor or something because apparently when we leave the house she goes nuts <laughs> when we're home though the sweetest little animal you know who else is the sweetest little animal but also needs to be monitored at all times our <laughs> our guest this week Peggy O'Leary, welcome back to the show. Hi, guys. That's a great way to describe me. You can be my PR person. Yeah, yeah I've done yeah. very little PR in my life, you. but I feel like I can do it. <laughs> yeah, so uh, how how be have back. you been? <laughs> I've been good. I literally have my giant Great Dane on my lap because if I'm in the house, he won't leave me alone. But I'm okay with it. Uh, yeah, I think that's fine. I can I'm relate okay. to that now. I was going to say, that's, um, I went, my boyfriend Chance is the one who bought the dog. And like, that's how Gus was in the beginning. Like if he wasn't there, they get anxiety, mm -hmm. that little pup. Oh yeah. And then actually when Gus first moved into my house, the first time another dog was with him, he got so much anxiety. He like chewed on, it's like the only time he acted up in my house. It's so funny. Really? Yeah. They got anxiety like us, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think, I, there's been like a, a trend on tiktok or whatever where it's like uh when your when your therapy dog gets prescribed the same anxiety medication as you do oh, that's <laughs> that's so it's, just, funny. it's just them looking at the bill for the vet and looking at them and then looking at the bill and be like what was the fucking point <laughs> yeah yeah this is all stuff i anticipated at least to this point it is it's just happening faster than i thought it would <laughs> when did you get the puppy we are in our second week now so i think it was oh. like a, 10 days ago something like that probably so brand new yeah, yeah so i i thought there'd be a little bit of a grace period but turns out that was just a day and a half <laughs> no, that's that's a fresh dog and it's it's learning how to dog at an alarming yeah. rate <laughs> and like the I... the thing that we're figuring out is uh it's very smart. So like all the stuff that it couldn't do when we left the house, it just kind of left to its own devices, cracked the code of how to get up on top of everything. And all that. <laughs> yeah. Now, are you like, you don't want him to be on anything or she, what's the name? She it's birdie. Go birds. I love Birdie, love it. Go bird. Yeah, everyone keeps asking. Well, no one asks me why. They, I guess they expect me to come up with things that don't make sense, but everyone apparently keeps asking Meg why Birdie, and there's literally no answer for it. We were yeah. on tour throwing out names because we, we had a great boy name picked out, and then we found out we were no longer getting a boy, so we were just throwing <laughs> words around when we were driving around New England, and Birdie is the one that stuck. That, that is the only explanation. But we get like a lot that. of go birds, and I'm fine with it. Go birds. <laughs> yeah. Birdie's a good one, though. 
I'm also yeah. realizing, I know the listeners obviously can't see, but I, it looks like I have a Trump hat in the back. <laughs> but it's well, a McGillan hat. It's a McGillan's hat, I promise. <laughs> it is not a Trump hat, but I'm like, yeah. This is, I'm you in are what well-branded call... McGillans right now. You might as well just shout them out. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, most of my stuff is now McGillans. Uh, <laughs> wonderful. To just be able to wear a t-shirt every day that says a brand you love. I'm into it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's great. I, uh, I used to have a joke in my set where I would talk about like how the only shirts that fit me anymore are the ones that are shot out of cannons at sporting events, a free (laughs) t-shirt, a free t-shirt is so good. I love a free t-shirt. Just a thing that I like. No, it's, it's like wearing a bag, but they, they work for me and my body type. My body type is back. (laughs) You're the only person they're slimming for. (laughs) I also think that they're free because they're all like triple X's on per like they're like last season's leftovers. Yeah, yeah, they're it's they're triple X made of burlap. Yeah, it's whatever yeah. Gildan had left over in their bag. Ugh, the Which worst t-shirt a, company. Yeah, seriously, have they never? There was used to be a Hard Times article uh, where it was like uh, Gildan CEO finally actually sees human body for first time because he's just been going on a guess about like i know there's three or three to four holes on this and that's all we need so getting away from that entirely uh peggy you you have an album coming out i do i have an album coming out september 22nd uh i don't know when this is coming out but if you pre-order it it's even better because i guess that's like how people really like make a name for themselves. Like if you get a lot of pre-sales, that kind of helps with how it debuts that first day. So I've been pushing it right now to be like, because people are like, well, I'll just wait. And I'm like, do you need the money? Because I'll send you $10. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I've done that with a a couple of them now where it's like, do not wait until the day. It's everything that happens up until that first day counts as the first day sales. Right, which is awesome. Um, like my dad was like, "Well, then I'll take 10. I'm like, "Oh, that's not how digital works." <laughs> you need. Do you have 10 different emails, Pop? <laughs> yeah. This yeah. picture of setting up about, different accounts. I was thinking about I'm like, "Yeah, I, please. Uh, I was on the phone with him yesterday to figure out how to get his password back. Uh, he does not. <laughs> um, but it is funny though cuz like if it was an actual like CD CD you could do that. Like I was oh, yeah. like yeah. with all my friends, like when Meg's album came out, if there was still a tower record, you know what I mean? Or yeah. the wall, I would be able to be like, I'll buy 10, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. We and had I a couple people stuff. when, uh, Brooks's came out that were, uh, you know, like I'll take five. I'm going to give them out to people. I'm like, sure. Have five. Like, why I, not? I have a friend that works for, well, he's worked for, a news organization. I don't know if he has an NDI or not. So let's just say a certain news organization. Um, and when a anchor from that news organization uh, puts out a book, they oh, buy yeah. they buy all of them. Yeah, so, of course. And then they put them in a room, and they do nothing with them. But it's or, purely yeah. it's purely for them to just say like, okay, we did this amount of pre-sales, so you will be on the bestseller list, and then from there you'll get whatever residuals you are. So right. there's there's just well, a that uh, was the uh, the sound of freedom model where they uh, yeah. bought out tons of theaters and gave away the tickets, and so you have all these like it's the biggest movie in the country, and every theater is empty. Yeah. Oh, 
Oh, Sound of Freedom. Oh, that's why? Yeah. Yeah, that trafficking movie <laughs> where the guy is a child trafficker and made a movie Hilarious. about it. Hilarious. I did not know. All I did was I was reading a review before Oppenheimer and somebody was like, what about Sound of Freedom? So I like looked it up and I'm like, oh, that's cool, an indie film. And then I texted to Chance and Chance was like, yeah, that's like the fucking like crazy right wing, like uh, all crazy. I was like, oh, I thought it was like. Any movie with Jim Caviezel, you're like, yikes. Is is Jim Caviezel (laughs) like that though? Yes, or is he's he just very much like he's that. very much like that? Okay, because it's Jim Caviezel yeah, in the uh, QAnon documentary is uh, in it as a person who does talks at QAnon events. Okay, okay. So, I'm sorry. Can I be dumb? Um, Jim, Caviezel. he was Jesus in Passion of the Christ, and that's about it. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, okay. So he, I'm he not a TV dumb. show Why with that guy from that? Lost. Exactly. He, uh, he was oh, he, in a baseball movie at some point, but I forget which one, and I don't remember what he did. <laughs> probably involved with God. That's what my I was like a little bummed out with Greg Kinnear because I liked Greg Kinnear's comedy work, and now he's just in all the God movies. Oh, he's one of those. Yeah, he's but just like okay. God's not dead too. The returning of God. Like I don't <laughs> know what these movies are. <laughs> God's <laughs> back. He was never gone, but he's back. Yeah, I uh, wait. So- I didn't know this about Greg Kinnear either. Don't yeah. miss that, that's the first Mr. time I'm hearing right? about that one. Yeah. Yes. Greg, one. <laughs> Greg Kinnear is in like a ton of like Christian movies. And the reason why I know that is because uh, for uh, like three years of my life, I lived in very rural North Carolina in the mountains mm-hmm. of the Smoky Mountain National Preserve. It's a little town called Sounds Franklin, beautiful. North Carolina. It's beautiful. Uh, but obviously it's like a fucking belt loop in the Bible belt. Like it's like, it's holding strong there. It's <laughs> keeping the pants up. Um, and there was a tiny little movie theater in the middle of this town. And when I tell you that they play God's not dead with Greg Kinnear for three months. And when the reboot of Jurassic park came out, it was there for one day. <laughs> they were Amazing. like, we're not, promoting this at all you would have made all the money you needed for your rent and land ownership mortgage or whatever of that theater by just playing jurassic park for a month but no they kept it in for one day because they're like no that's not real (laughs) so i I looked up that's not dead because i don't really know it but uh stars kevin sorbo as a professor yep kevin sorbo you guys are listing the most white people, and I don't know any of them. Kevin Sorbo was Hercules on those uh, on the TV show that was on after every Phillies game when I was growing up. I never watched an episode of it, but all the commercials were for Xena and Hercules. Xena? Oh, I watched, like, Xena the Warrior Princess? Yeah. That's the one. And then they had, like, a spinoff series about Hercules. Oh, well, Zena is a fucking hero of mine, so yeah. I know her. Listen, Zena... bring, in some, bring in some women references so I get this shit. <laughs> I mean, Lucy Lawless rules. She's done a lot of fun stuff. You ever Kevin hear Sorbo of this girl, other Eleanor direction. Roosevelt? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dean um, Cain is also in God's Not Dead. Is that a, is that too white for you also? <laughs> Dean Cain. Dean Cain, I know. Um Wait, oh, also- God's not Stop. dead too. Sorry to interrupt. Uh, Melissa Joan Hart and Jesse Metcalf. So they're still working. Yep. Yeah. Well, is it definitely like Christian propaganda or did a bunch of Christians think it was going to be pro-God? 
I I would imagine. Okay, here we go. A Christian, an American Christian drama, starring Kevin Sorbo. So, yeah, so it it takes itself very seriously. Yeah. Very pro guy. We should make the uh, parody of it. Us three. What was that Let's TV show it. like? God friended me or whatever. Did you ever watch that one? No. It doesn't matter. It was bad. I watched it <laughs> oh, at a bar it after. Facebook? Yeah. Yeah. I watched it at a bar after a football game ended once. I was like, this is what I wanted. <laughs> I, I like all your references are after a sporting event. I know what a yeah, TV yeah. show is. Uh, <laughs> I, couldn't, I, I couldn't find the remote. <laughs> I don't have time for for serialized drama. Give me a sports. <laughs> it ends after nine innings or whatever, and I call it a day. <laughs> but see, I feel like God Friended Me was more about like, kind of had the same like, log line as the good place you know what i mean a little so bit like, yeah so it's like it just it didn't hit the mark but it's like the good place had a lot of that shit in it but it's like we just like the people who created it mm-hmm. right i mean it still was yeah, they, about like morality it's, it's like and all that different shit. times different types of god which i guess makes it more appealing because it's not like you know the one god you know, kind of great cool yeah cool, cool whatever that's like my new favorite bit with people where like I pretend to be religious, but really over empathize, uh, over emphasize that I think God is a woman. <laughs> I'll be like, I believe in God and she and then I like look around individually at every person that I'm in the group with. <laughs> Here's the thing. I don't know if you know this, but that bit's been going on since the 90s. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> and what, what you need to know is I was born in the 90s. So therefore it's mine. I owned it. I oh, was born into oh, it's this. new now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. I've, I've discovered it on my own. Yeah, George's um, post-Joan Osborne, so... Yeah. What if God was one of us? Uh, Just a slob like okay. one of us. You know what? I will say Joan Osborne had the killer... Uh, before before 300, she had the killer, like, nose ring chain to the earring uh, vibe. Pretty that was sure cool. she stole that also from African people, but okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. I'm talking about white women. But as far as white women go... <laughs> Honorary, well, well, the like, museum uh, of famous white women. <laughs> people were definitely doing that. Yeah, she, she's the embodiment of a British art museum. <laughs> None of this is ours. <laughs> All right, let, let's let's do some uh, some lightning round here. All right, are, are you ready? Round. Let's do. Yeah. So, Wait, should I? Can I just say this? Like, should I do what? Like word associations, or I just say what it makes me feel? It it is kind of first thought, best thought. If, if there's a, an, an experience, if like a, you know, whatever the first thing Wait, that comes to mind. Wait, is it first thought or best thought? Because that's very different in Peggy's brain. Because first well, thought Well, I, I will leave it up bad. to you because I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm very much in the camp of like, don't overthink it. Whatever, whatever your brain yeah. threw out there first is probably the right answer. <sighs> I'm about to get but, canceled. But also then the Christians are going to love me because I kind of weirdly defended them in a, a second ago. Uh, they are good people to have on your side. They show out a number. Yeah. Oh my God, how funny would it be if I get canceled by liberals and then I have to just be a total person? But I'm in the reboot of God is Real or whatever the fuck it's called. God is oh my God. Could God you is imagine that like, like uh, bang article? <laughs> <laughs> Fat cheerleader tops the charts because of Christians. <laughs> Honestly, fuck yeah. They have no idea what's coming on the last couple tracks. Uh... <laughs> oh. God, that would be incredible. So for for you and for the uh, 
the listener. We're going to go through all, the, the... all your Christian listeners. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I can't least imagine we have any left, but if two. you're out there. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we're going to go through the uh, six basic emotions, just kind of lightning round. And then the ones that jump out to us, we will talk about after we go through all six. So okay. what makes you feel? Let's start with disgust. Um, Hateful people. What makes you feel fear? Everything in my life. <laughs> yeah, should I, go, should you... I elaborate? <laughs> oh, yeah. We will we'll definitely elaborate on that one okay. after. <laughs> what makes you feel sadness? Uh, when I think about my dead mom. All right. I kind of anticipated that one. I could have just written it already. What makes you feel... Oh anger i saw the album recording you right now you right fucking now oh you knew my brain dan oh because you read a couple posts on facebook fuck off um i believe we've um, even talked about it before i know i'm kidding i'm kidding what was what was the word Um, anger hate anger what angers me um my sisters and my family the most honest answer (laughs) what makes you feel joy Gus, my dog Gus, and and my little house, my little life. I love your little house. (laughs) What makes you feel surprised? When a comic I don't think is funny makes me laugh. (laughs) Like makes a good joke. It's good. Oh, man. I want to start there and be like, name names. (laughs) No, I wouldn't even know. Um. I wouldn't that was even very, know. Very funny of you, George, to uh, take that on yourself. <laughs> I know what I am. I'm a I'm a, I'm a subpar host. If anything, I'm not supposed to keep people laughing. I'm supposed to get people up. Yeah, let's move this show along. Uh, oh, and that was terrible. And coming up next. <laughs> so let's start with uh, the the anger at the family. What? Mm. Is it is there something like recent going on or just kind of the ebbs and flows of family life? The jealous of your own? I, I well, that is like a first thought and my best thought wouldn't have been that, but it's like I think the only person who get who any like besides I would say like a man talking down to me, uh like oh, give me a second, any, I'll do it. <laughs> uh, yeah. You already did. Um, <laughs> um I mean I was the first answer on, on your anger, so <laughs> yeah. Like, um, like it's a visceral anger because I think it comes from being the youngest and, uh, there's just like some things also like I'm the youngest of six, it's five girls, one boy, my mom dies. Like she was sort of the, like the referee of the six of us or really the five of us. Cause my brother could really get along with everybody and we all get along and actually we're so close and dysfunctional, but I mean, we like there's nobody who could like hit me in the jugular on a Sunday when you're having bacon and having a good time, like one line that they weren't even intending. Like it could be simple, like, Oh, remember that this. And like, it's like from my body comes out this like little girl. Like it's like the little girl inside me. that's like, but I'm a grown up now, you know, that kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's I find that with my family too, where it's like I think they know 
your weaknesses because of proximity and because of family history. So they know how to just get underneath the armor a little bit. Um, I think that's for a lot of people, but I have thought about this a lot since my mom has passed. Like it's actually the opposite in my family. It's like, cause they, I'm not saying they don't do work on themselves. It's like, that's not their priority. Like I'm a mm -hmm. single woman who's only been in a relationship for three years. I have a dog. That's the most important thing in my life. They're like taking kids places and they're doing all this. And then I'll be, I'll come in with like something like where I've had this profound thoughts about our mother or whatever the bullshit I'm doing. And then they'll say like one thing, like it could be so simple as like, Peg, can you just go get me a glass of wine? I'll be like, <laughs> you know, it's like, so it's, it's not even a real, like they're not wrong. You know what yeah. I mean? And it's, but it's, I don't think it's that they're trying to hurt me. It's almost like all of us are trying to figure out this weird thing. We never thought we had to figure out. And so we're accidentally hurting each other. Yeah. Like simple things like my niece, my sister threw away like a dumb appliance in a kitchen that now three months later, I'm like, why did I care that much? But like, I walked into my parents' house and I was like, where is that? And everyone's like, oh, so-and-so threw it away. And I was like, I had to go have a cigarette at 830 in the morning. Like mm -hmm. a crate, like I don't eat, smoke cigarettes, but I was like, I needed to get, because but I didn't want to pick a fight. Mm -hmm. So it's like, that's what I mean by like, it just comes out of you, I think, when you have, like, this deep-seated, because it's not hatred. It's, like, it's almost the opposite. It's, like, we're all such individuals. My mom used to say that about her kids, and my mom had five kids, and she said, I have five kids, and they're just, like, my fingers. They're all different in their own way, but they're, like, connected. And, like, that's how I feel about my, like, the six of us are so close. We're obsessed with each other. We are on 15 group texts at all different times. Like, we go to my niece's part, like, things like they're the most proud of me about this album but then but then it's like i'll say something and they're like why would you say that that was so rude and offensive and i was like oh i thought that was funny <laughs> yeah i forgot i wasn't with my guy friend like i wasn't yeah. with my comic friend um, well no that's that's a tough thing too is like the comic friend like your is anyone else in your in your family like creative like you like do they do stand up or music or anything like that or they act or, or it's like just you it's just me but if you but we're all performers. Like we used to, um, like they were all cheerleaders. We're all dancers. Mm -hmm. We used to like at my sister's weddings, we all like, we make up, we call them the kitchen dances and we would all make up dances. And then like, we literally would perform them at the weddings. And like, that would be the highlight. Like, Oh, I can't wait for an O'Leary wedding. Cause it's like, <laughs> what's <laughs> the, what's the song this year that they're going to add. And like, so they're all very performative. They're all funny. Mm -hmm. They're all, um, and they're all very like you. You can't forget them. You know what I mean. So yeah. like they, they're not like creative in the way that I am. Yeah. Well, that's what kind of the, what I was what I was saying. Where it's like yeah. you have dedicated your life to creative brain, and right. they don't quite. They don't have that same wrinkle in in the yeah. brain. Um. And so when uh, appliance is thrown away, it's like, oh no, this <laughs> appliance was like part of my existence and my understanding yeah. of this room. Uh. Yeah, it's yeah, a it's character in the story. You just got rid of you just wrote off the character. What's right? What I'm saying is that you have autism. Um, and yeah, I mean that with love. <laughs> same, same ADHD. Yeah. It's great. It's a good time. Yeah. Uh so yeah, no, it's it's this weird creative mind thing where like that represented something, but no one else, it's not that they don't care, it's that 
it didn't have the same resemblance. Like they didn't realize how important that is to you. Yeah. And I would do, I do the same thing to them. Like I will think I have given this like heartfelt speech or try to explain why I might've reacted this way. And then like two weeks later, another sister will be like, well, you do know from this angle what it looks like. And then they'll say, and I'm like, okay, yeah, for me, that side of the story, you are correct. Uh, I was yeah, so a little you're not brat. Me, is, yeah. <laughs> I was being a total selfish asshole. And, uh, I made it all about me. Yeah. I, uh, we, we, I think a connection in my life is that I like things like I like stuff to be around. I mean, behind me, you can see, I just, I like stuff. Uh, and Casey, uh, does not. Um, so a lot of my stuff is always on the chopping block for things. And I have to explain to her that like, well, no, like this is really important because I got it when I was a kid. Cause I was really into Egyptology because of the movie, the mummy. And like, this is like a part of my childhood that I love. And then she has to explain that it is a six foot tall Egyptian sarcophagus that we don't have room for in the house. Uh, yeah. it, I know, I know it holds. You can't find yeah, space I, for I, that. It's at my parents' house from now on. Cause that's not allowed in our house, <laughs> but, but like, yeah. <laughs> There's no place and it doesn't make sense in our house to have a six foot tall King Tut replica sarcophagus that holds books like there's no reason for it. Well, it's fucked. I've had these arguments (laughs) and I've just decided to stop. (laughs) But yeah, it's like it's a whole thing that like people have to it's it's understanding the outside world versus what your insular world is uh but i have i have the same irrational anger and and upsetness with my family and and friends and stuff so i i get that wholeheartedly i want to talk about something real quick on the uh the family drama (laughs) front so we've talked about kind of the nature of my job taking me to a lot of different places and a lot of things that i can't talk about specifically like the, the who's and the where's yeah, and all that kind of stuff. If this show is called but, Name Names with, with Dan Getz, it would not be possible. <laughs> yeah, it would not have made it three years. <laughs> Happy anniversary. But the uh, the classroom that I am subbing in for this yeah. week, there is a little girl. It's a kindergarten class. She oh. is the daughter of my brother's ex- and the guy she left my brother oh. for. The, and the two of them are still together. I, I I don't hold any sort of animosity towards either of them. Like it was just a, a my brother's relationship was not one that should have worked. Right. So the fact that like she got out, I'm like, good, good for you. <laughs> but it, it's bringing up that weird resentment of like, because I, I was really good friends with the guy. I, I my the girl was my brother's girlfriend. Whatever we. We got along, but I, whatever, I didn't care. But I was really good friends with the guy. <laughs> that was bringing up that weird resentment of like, I had to get stuck with my brother in this, who I don't want to say in the wrong because, you know, he got cheated on. So like, it's, it's a weird gray area, yeah. but like, he was not good in mm-hmm. that relationship. And because of that, I just lost a friend yeah. out of it. And it's like a weird thing where like, I don't hold it against my brother, but being faced with it now, like 15 years later, it's like, oh man, that would have been cool to know this kid before. She's yeah. really sweet. Right. I, uh, I, I get that a lot with my mom when like, you know, my, I'm, I'm a child of divorce. 
Uh, so when there's like a ton of things where my mom will accidentally run into one of their old friends at the mall or something. And it's a, uh, Hey, how you doing? Oh, it's so funny. Yeah. though, like life's crazy. Whatever. Okay. We should try to catch up. No, because during that divorce, people chose sides and my mom just doesn't yeah. want to have that around anymore or any sort of connective tissue, you know, in that regard, like she has us as the connective tissue to my dad. And that's, that's good enough for her. She doesn't, she doesn't need bill from high school to also yeah. run into my dad at work and be like, Oh, I saw your, I saw your first wife wild, huh? Like, <laughs> it's just a weird thing to navigate. I think it's uh it's tough. Yeah, I also think it's funny, like, um, like, like going through, like, I am a very sensitive person. I started therapy at a young age and like, not young, but in a Catholic setting, very young. I was 18. Uh, but, um, and in my family, but I'm saying, I think like going, like losing a parent where you're an adult, but then you realize how much you still lean, like all of us, I, I mean, oldest to youngest, we like, we also all work at their place of business. So she was sort of our like therapist mm -hmm. to be able to work with siblings. And it's funny, like afterwards to be like, damn, I guess we all weren't adults. We really were still hanging on mommy's word. Like, it's like, almost yeah. like, who do you fucking call right now? When so-and-so is being mean to so-and-so, when you like want to be neutral. And that's another thing. It's like divorce and stuff like that. And especially in a family of six, it's like, there is six, but Tommy's like never included. And I feel like I always was a deciding factor in it. Sure. And I always want to be like, I, I can see all sides. And like, now they're like, you're not our mom. You can't see all sides. And I'm like, I know. But if I, but if I'm the one who's getting like, who's in a fight, I also would do the same thing to them. Like, don't do that. But you pick a fucking side. And it's like, it's so funny how like childish everyone gets when yeah. like, because it's all emotion based. Like it's so hard to not take that away from a divorce or a death or whatever it is, or like a problem. I feel like he thinks I'm actually like Gus is here more. Cause I think he thinks I'm actually upset. Cause I'm talking like, I'm talking like this. He's like, Peggy needs me. I'm, I got to sit yeah. right here. No, your heart rate right is here. going up and he's like, time to, <laughs> time to signal. Let's calm yeah. down. Pet the Peggy, dog. Calm yeah. down. Pet calm the dog. down. <laughs> Hands are moving too much. <laughs> uh, we, I mean, that is that thing, like especially with, like with the death, where like you don't realize how much you were like in the middle of processing things, that you're just stuck in the middle. Yeah. Like you don't, you don't get to process through, to like I mean, there's no end, I guess, in processing, but like, you don't get to process to like a level point. You're just like stuck there, and then you or have a whole family of people who are also kind of at mm -hmm. that same point. Also, it's like, I kind of wish grief and coping with death was like a video game where like, I could look at my sister's score and be like, Oh, she hasn't gotten to that stage yet. Not bringing that to her. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like sometimes yeah. like some of us moved quicker in the beginning. And then the ones who were still back here were like, fucking don't even give a fuck about her and then it's like then all of a sudden we've surpassed them and now they're pissed off it's like it, it, it would be so much easier if there was like okay so here's where megan is here's where katie is here's where beth is here's Kyle, tommy peggy because then i could be like oh i can call colleen she's mm -hmm. been through that stage are you guys <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously like if you could have like uh 
I don't know, a, a way to like see where somebody is in the grief scale or whatever. Yeah. It would be easier to, cause like sometimes I've called a sister or they've called me and I'll get off the phone and start crying and people are like, you okay? And I'm like, no, they just brought me back two steps. I forgot about that, but I was past, you know what I mean? It's like that. Yeah. I don't know. I, I like to think of grief as like, you're like, as a human being, you're sort of like a tree growing. Um, and then when grief hits, especially something as heavy as that, it's just this like lightning bolt that yeah. strikes it. And then that tree is done growing for at least a little bit. Like everything just sort of zaps and gets stuck in. Also, in... which way does it break? Like, did it break in the mm. center? <laughs> yeah. Did it just take a couple of leaves off? Like what, what did it do to the yeah. tree besides stop the growth? It's like, who got left behind? Yeah. <laughs> who was a part of the top part? You know? That limb is no longer there. Yeah, okay. It's like, is it gonna be one of those cool trees that like a couple decades from now there's just like a, a middle tree that sprouted out of the split oh i thought I, you were gonna like be, i love those trees <laughs> that would be great i thought you were gonna be like the giving tree where eventually it's just a stump for other sad people to sit on that's where i went <laughs> yeah and there's a little plaque that says <laughs> peggy o'leary's <laughs> like peggy o'leary's stump she thunk ah. here <laughs> love that if yeah if i when i die i just was a stump not even a whole tree don't let me grow i just want to <laughs> i just want to be a stump for kids to sit on or people to sit on and be like i'm pretty sad or i'm pretty happy like kids can dance on it mm -hmm. you can sit on and cry i'm a stump baby um it's the uh <laughs> it's the renovations of grave sites stop bringing up <laughs> renovations this is like the second week in a go show. like second week in a row where you brought up renovation renovations that show is a train wreck and by that i mean he what would see it? the train it's another white man make something out of it <laughs> uh renovations is a show on disney plus where jeremy renner converts giant vehicles of all different types like rvs and buses and whatever and turns them into mobile something for a charity so there was like a mobile recording studio and a mobile dance studio. Oh, that's so it's cool. All... It's Pimp My Ride like... for like centrist Republicans. <laughs> it's one of those things where like, in theory, it should be a very just kind of easy watchable show. But it is one of the worst shows I've ever seen. <laughs> oh, it's bad. It's, it's weirdly entertaining in a way that I have not yet been able to wrap my head around. Where like the show starts and there's like a, a skip intro button for it. And it jumps you five minutes into the episode. They're like, you don't need to say it. I, I was like, that, that can't be right. So I rewound and I was like, oh, this is the intro. And it's just him walking into like a giant warehouse studio. And he's surprised by this other guy that throughout the show, they just keep telling you that you need to care about this guy. And he's so wacky, but he's the least wacky person I've ever seen described as wacky. And he's like, yep, I'm going to interview you. And then they talk for a while and that's five minutes. And then the episode finally starts. It's, it's that every single time. <laughs> same guy, same exact intro. Yeah. It's not like this is the guy for the episode. It's like this nope. is just. It's it's his friend Rory who you just gotta see him to believe him, according to Jeremy Renner. But and, then you and see then you him see and you're just like basic oh, man. 
God. Like not to bring it not to bring it back to me, but like what does that fucking have to do with my stump of laughter and love and sadness? Okay, wait, what? You're- you're converting a gigantic space into something useful for other people, and the process <laughs> might not make sense. <laughs> um, have you not read The Giving Tree? <laughs> I have read The Giving Tree. Okay. I also read saying. that one where they were like, this is not a good relationship between this guy and the tree. And I'm like, it's a fucking tree. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's uh let's go through one of these other uh emotions uh oh, yeah, here what are we what are we thinking family. of I mean, we we basically covered two on that one yeah. but why don't we jump to uh the, the fear of one? everything i mean we got the the dead mom sadness and then the oh. the family anger and all that kind of stuff true, all wrapped true. up in one there true, true. all right but uh i i'm very interested in this uh being afraid of everything thing uh you don't strike me as somebody who like let's fear get yeah. in the way. As someone well, who so- like their mannerisms on stage are, I'm, they're not violent, but they're combative. Like you, you throw out and you throw your shoulder at the audience and be like, "I'm pegging yeah, fucking I'm aggressive. I'm aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess no. fight or flight is a fear response, whichever way you choose. Yeah. But still, it- well, so that's what I'm saying. Like, I think everything a little bit all the time I'm afraid of like I'm fearful of what the next move is so Mm. like I think when you live in that a lot of times it's like you do react like I'm an impulsive person and I think that comes from a fear and from being like when I was younger indecisive or shy or whatever that never helped so it like early on it was like lean into it like mm-hmm. if, all right just go towards the fear or whatever but um yeah i mean like i know on paper and in my like smart brain on the brain that like talks to you oh, none, of, none of us things. use our smart brain <laughs> but i'm saying i'm saying like on that i know that i'm good around people i know i can get along with a lot of people i know that i'm I can have a conversation with anyone. I am a great waitress. I can do this or that. But like every time I start something, it's like anxiety. Like going to McGillan's for the first time, it was like I was a fucking 35-year-old woman who'd wait tables since she was 17, who just left working at a funeral home, which is a lot scarier. And and But it was like that was my normal right then, right? Because mm-hmm. when I first started at the funeral home, I was so scared. I was so sick. All of it like was intense, like, and not just because it's a funeral home. Cause it was like, I hadn't really worked in an office in years. Like I, like I had to learn a whole new skill. So like, but instead of being, uh, showing the fear, I kind of go, go towards it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like I, I would say like, I'm scared in the car. I like I fear, like fear to me is all around. Like I am a very, nervous person who really is faking it till she makes it kind of attitude if that yeah yeah i wouldn't say it's fake it till you make it i think it's how your life has taught you how to handle it like working in a funeral home for so long you deal with loss and death and grief on a regular basis from complete strangers it's a stress test i i think of it a lot like uh you know people do stand up all across the country but Philly, 
Although I wouldn't, I, when you live and do work in Philly, it, it doesn't often seem like it, but like it's a rougher area to do stand up. Like you have to be a little combative on stage. Uh, that sh- to like that's where you start doing stand up trains you of how to handle a heckler or handle a drunk asshole in the crowd much quicker than say starting in even like uh what is it at town like doylestown or something like it's just off the beaten path yeah, enough like where like some people here <laughs> yeah yeah weird uh uh tell your apple joke dan um <laughs> it never works but everyone's like it's my favorite joke of yours i'm like what does that mean <laughs> i just mean that like you you have been run through the stress test so it told your body to, just like you're saying to go no i march forward i go forward towards it and and fight it yeah. quite a bit and that's like really why i've gotten and i think we might have talked about this before but like or maybe dan and i just talked about it, but it's like i know that's why i get in trouble sometimes because like my first thought is to be like i'm being attacked mm. and i didn't start in philly by the way i just grew up in Del- yeah. like i grew up here i started in new york but it's funny even that i didn't i did comedy in new york for seven years before i went to la and then i came back to philly every time i go to new york it feels like i'm going to my first open mic again yeah. Now, once I get up there and I'm fine because it's like whatever, but that's what I mean. Like, I do feel like there is at least one second. Like when I tell someone like I'm nervous about something and they're like, wait, I never even thought about that. I'm like, wow, I would love that. Your brain just didn't think about (laughs) every possible failure that could happen right now. Like I, like literally Chance says it to me all the time. He's like, you think about the worst and it's never happened. And then you pull back and you're like, okay, I can do it. He's like, and then the worst thing happened and you kind of were like, all right, we're going to get to see my mom die and let's do it. It's like, yeah. I, it's very Well, no, you, thing, you like- prep for the worst. I do the same thing too, where it's yeah. like, you always, like in the back of your mind, you just keep the worst in mind running in the background. So this way, when the yeah. worst does happen, you don't freak out. Like you're just, yeah. you're prepping for it. Uh, I do the same thing where like, I think about all the, you know, the mindless, crazy shit that can happen in my life for getting up on stage or just doing anything. And this way, like when it does happen, I can just disassociate and be like, no, we've trained for this boys. Uh, and yeah. we, you know, you go off. Um, I, I find see, that's- it very interesting with the New York thing too. Cause also that analogy applies where like New York is a crazy place to start doing stand up to me. Oh, it seems really like an open mic until you're famous. Yeah. So like I, yeah. I'm still an open micer there, which I guess technically I am just with an album. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Available soon. Um yeah. uh but pre-order now. Pre-order yeah, now. Please. Pre-order now. Uh I went back to the town that I started doing stand-up in in North Carolina. Um and it was terrifying because none of them remembered me. One person remembered me. He like leaned in and went, Hey, you've gotten really good. Uh, because they remembered me as just someone trying it. And it wasn't a vast scene like it is in Philly or New York where like they had 12 people that were comedians in Asheville, North Carolina. They did not need a 13th person to be a comedian in North Carolina. Like their, their things were done. So to go back and do that, that was the most terrified I've ever been. It was like the first time getting up on stage and then the first time coming back to that stage was terrifying that that's how i felt going to boston on this tour Mm. where like 
I'd never, I didn't start performing until after I had left Boston, but I had left in such a like rough emotional way that it was like all kind of coming back to me as I was getting like into the city. And I was like, I don't know how this is going to go, but like, instead of letting it hit me the way it did when I lived there, I just kind of used it. And I had two great sets and it was like, Oh, this feels better. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like I can use this productively, which is a thing I've learned in the the decade or whatever since. But like, it was just a, such a sign of like emotional progress. But also having gone through like the stuff leading up to it, it was like confirming that like yes, there's still work to do, but you have done work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, of course. Well, and that's the other thing is like I really do lean into my fear, and even like. um tweaking like um when I'm actually sad or I'm actually in an angry mood I really have to put in my head going on stage like use use that energy to make people happy or start like because sometimes I wouldn't do that so like I would use this aggression to like tell the joke but I could tell one joke one night and everyone's like whoa we really thought you were gonna headbutt us and then the next night I do it without being like, well, you're not mad at anybody but yourself or whatever. And like, you know, that that line is funny to you So let them know it's funny. If you actually just say it like you're going to headbutt them, they're just going to think that you're like, do you, like, so that was even something I had to play with where it's like, you have to use that emotion, but then you also have to be like, tweak it in a bunch. So it's like, I love that you went through that in Boston because it's like you could probably like sense memory memory is like so amazing where you could actually re feel that by going on stage, but you know, in Delco or Philly or New York, or whatever. And just be like, what was that feeling like where you're like, yeah, I can do this. And you put that same energy, but into like happiness. But, like sometimes I think yeah. you have to like, I mean, there's been so many times I've been on stage where people afterwards are like, Oh, uh, I really thought you were angry at us. And I'm like, Oh, my bad. Cause I wasn't, that was a me problem and not a you problem. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, there really is no better way or like more productive way towards your own kind of positive, positive emotions than creating it for other people. Yeah. Cause like, you you don't necessarily have to process it in the immediate you're kind of doing it in the peripheral and then when you see the positive effect you have on however many people you're you're talking to it's like oh no i'm good <laughs> like this mm-hmm. yeah it, it, it might not get you all the way there but it moves you back in the right direction yeah um i think it's about time that we spin this wheel and see what we're going to talk about in the second half dan Get our intern in here to spin the wheel for us. And and we've got Restless. All right. Let's talk some Restless after a short commercial break. Hi, my name is John Koppel, and I want to tell you about my new podcast. It's called Peaks. 
we'll be discussing the most interesting peak periods in the lives of people that have dominated pop culture. Early subjects include Ben Stiller from 1998 to 2001, Macaulay Culkin from 1990 to 1994, Britney Spears from 98 to 2003, and Eddie Murphy from 82 to 88. Yeah, we're going to do Eddie. Each episode will feature a new guest and a new subject. We'll talk about what the greatest moment was, the biggest flex, the toughest competition, what ended it, the bounce back moments, and much more. Every episode will be packed with entertaining clips, interesting facts, and passionate opinions. So if you want to hear about the most groundbreaking, influential people when they were having their biggest impacts on the world, subscribe to Peaks wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you. Hey, everybody. Danny here with Plugs. You can find Peggy on all the social media platforms, but more importantly this week, go pre-order Fat Cheerleader. I was there for the recording. The album is going to be great. I can't wait for everybody to get to hear it. Definitely pre-order it. The pre-orders help the first day sales and get her to uh, show up on the charts, which is always a very exciting thing for comedians putting out albums. So, so go help her achieve that goal. George and I are at Feel Feelings Pod on all the places while you're in going to follow us if you could like share rate and review that would be super helpful i believe that is it for the week back to the show all right we're back <laughs> we got dog party now after break that's right we got a, a dog showing up he used to show up so much louder, so it's weird that he's uh, sneaking into rooms. Yeah, it's because now. so Iggy has an anxiety thing where uh, if he hears some, like me and Casey are outside, and he knows that he can't get outside, uh, he'll lose his goddamn mind. He's just every thirty seconds barking, uh, and it's what it's not like a rough, 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 rough bark. It is one loud every thirty seconds. He ape. It is. <laughs> It like hurts your remember me. Yeah, it hurts your feelings, and he's like, "I hear you, but I can't see you." Yipe. Uh, yeah, Gus is like that. He freaks out. He can smell us like from a mile away, basically. So mm. I know when Chance is coming home. Before I know he's coming home because he'll just start freaking. I'm like, "All right, Chance is on his way." Yeah. <laughs> he's turning the block. He uh, there, there's a lab in the one house I work in that is the most docile, friendly dog I've ever come across. And when the kid's mom is coming home from work, all of a sudden it just starts zipping around the house, barking at whatever it can bark at just to be like, did you see she's coming? She's coming. Like not barking at the door, <laughs> yeah. barking at like the it's back like, door, barking at grandma, not, barking at why me. Why everyone like getting on board with this? This is the best day of our life. She's here. <laughs> this is the greatest moment of my life. <laughs> So let's, let's let's jump into our uh, emotion for the day. Peggy, what makes you feel restless? So I think I know what it means. What I what, think What's of, your like, best guess? Because I don't think I actually have a, a good understanding of it. So I thought it was like, it feels like... Uh, it reminds me... Like, to me, restlessness is like... 
you you don't want to rescue and do anything. You're kind of like in limbo. Like it's like restless. Like it's like mm-hmm. you don't have any sort of feeling about anything, but you have all the feelings. It's like the way I think about it. Yeah. But like I don't know if that's the definition, but that's what I like when someone's like, um, I have restlessness or whatever. I'm like, oh, I have that. Like where you feel like, what should we do? Like, yeah. what is there yeah, like I, to do? I definitely I agree with, like with how you're being, describing it for being sure. Bored, but without an option. Yeah. We're like, you, you don't have enough time to really do something before like something that you have to do at a specific time and or something, you know, like in that type of example. And it's like, it's that time in between where it's like, well, like, I can't start a show. I don't have time for that. I can't watch a movie. I can't walk the dog. I can't. So you're just stuck there waiting for time to pass. Yes. I think my, I think in my mind, and I probably didn't describe it right. It, it's like, it's a feeling of like emptiness, mm-hmm. but also you have like, it's like emptiness is in the circle and they're around it as everything else. And it's like, so yeah, I guess that's like, that's the more literal way. It's like, I literally don't have time to watch it, but I'm bored. Like that's what you're I, I like your feeling. example though. I, I like it. Cause like, it's that thing where like, you kind of want to be doing nothing, but everything is kind of like bearing down on you and you're like fending off the options. So you're just like in there, like, in nothing in that center circle and all the stuff is coming in and you're just like batting it away like yeah well i was gonna say i feel like yeah wait george was gonna say something before i say what i was gonna say sorry what you're describing is me planning a wedding uh there is there is i just want to exist in the in the ether and let things kind of come but i also know that there is a lot that needs to go on (laughs) and it is yeah it's a restlessness of like i always described it it's kind of how it manifests in my anxiety where it's like you got 10 things you gotta do um all of which are flashing by you like swinging around your head uh and you can't quite grab them. So you're restless in the fact that like, you know that there's all these responsibilities and things you got to do, uh, but it is, you know, zipping by far too quick. So you know that like, oh, okay, if I need to take the trash out, I'm going to have to put a bag in the can. And if I have to put a bag in the can, I have to go into the cabinet. And what if the cabinet doesn't have any bags in it? So you know what? I'm not going to take out the trash because there's too many steps involved for where I'm at right now. But I know I have to do it, so I go and I like my brain is making the decision thirty times in one second of yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. That's how I would look at restlessness. Is that I? It's it's the longing to get the thing done, but not yeah. being able to. Yeah, but not not wanting to or not being able yeah. to actually do it. Yeah, yeah. that's kind so of yeah. It I mean, is that what the difference between depression and restlessness is? It's like depression is you. It, you actually can, but restlessness is you don't want to. That's where I I don't know. Maybe. I don't know because like restless. I'm that, gonna, uh, yeah, maybe I'm gonna look it up real What's quick. What's the definition? <laughs> All right, so we have two. Actually, it kind of meets both of the, the things we're talking about. Where unable to rest or relax as a result of anxiety or boredom, mm. and then offering no physical or emotional rest involving constant activity or motion. Like a restless night. Mm. 
So yeah. So yeah. Both I mean, of those seem to be kind of circling anxiety. Yeah, I, yeah, and depression. I was like, I don't know. It's like, but I, because I feel a little bit of that right now, where it's like, I have this. Uh, it's like um, all the things you are supposed to do and you have to do, but you're also like, I don't want to do them, but I really want to do them. Like mm-hmm. the real feeling is, I want to fucking get to that outer circle, but I'm so right now just. And I think that's why, George, your explanation, I think, was way more better than mine. Way more uh, the way you would say that you in English. Way more better. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's actually, that was the working uh, title was for the this better. show. Was way, way more, more better. better with Danny and George. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I feel like it's that thing of, like, you're like, I want to do all this stuff. Yeah. I, I also know I'm capable of doing all this stuff, but it's also so, I don't know. Yeah, I I think that's what drives restless for me more than anything is uh, like it is not a capability problem. It yeah. is everything fully within my ability to complete that I'm just like I think uh, uh Danny can attest to my restlessness because he deals with it on a weekly basis. We have supposed to have a th- sometimes more. we have a we have a <laughs> we're supposed to have a theme song for the the lightning round and I love recording those songs for the show. I love recording music. I love performing music. I love the the idea of sitting down for eight hours and doing nothing but trying to get the compression right on one instrument to make it sound good. I like that stuff. But I also know that all of those steps need to happen in order for me to make a good enough product that I'm like restless to do that as well as drive down to Philly because I want to see what Raven is up to these days because I hear really, really cool things. And I also want to go out to Brooklyn because I live closer to Brooklyn now and I'd like to do more stand-up. And I'd also like to write songs just for the side projects that I do and not for comedy, but just for like my own well-being. And I also got to get fit for my wedding. And I also got to get the suit for the wedding. And I also, so all of these things are circling around me and I want to do all of them because they all are connected to such cool and interesting parts of my life. Uh, but because there's so many of them, I decide, no, I can't. There's too many. It's like you're teetering on like having too many things plugged into the surge protector yeah. where it's like, you know, one more thing or you turn one of them on that shouldn't be on at the same time. And it's all going to just yep. gone. Yep. Cause you're, so right. you're like right on the edge of that. Cause I think that's what, yeah, it's like a, uh, or that makes me think of places I've been. Sometimes I'm like, I'm doing, I'm actually physically doing too much stuff. I'm doing all this stuff and I'm getting it done. I'm getting it done. But like, if I try to do one more thing, all of them will crumble. Mm-hmm. So like, I well, think, that's the biggest problem is right. when you're getting it done, you can convince yourself that like, Oh, I've made this. I mean, routine makes it seem easy. So like when you figure out the routine of it, you're like, well, all right. So it's, it's easy. And then you feel like you can add more to it and then it yeah. just gets overwhelmed. I mean, last week we we had a guest that was scheduled for a day and I had to text Tan like the day of recording and be like, I can't, I can't. Like that crumbling sensation happened where like one thing came up about the wedding that threw off my entire fucking day. So everything behind it had to go. And that's not fair to our guest, who was very kind enough to like be able to like move their schedule around. It was kind enough for Dan to like accommodate me for my own little yeah. little break there. I'm so nice. You're so nice. 
but yeah, it's it's that that immediate snap of like, oh, if I add one more thing, the dominoes are falling behind it. Yeah. Yeah. But I think like that's okay. So I think that our generation or a few like the generation above and now coming up, we all have started moving towards more like people work from home. People have side hustles. No one can make money. So everybody has multiple things. Everybody wants to be creative. Everybody has a TikTok. So everyone's doing all this stuff at once. So I think our generation is a little bit more like if someone's like, hey, I just got too much on my plate right now. I can't do it today, but maybe I can do it tomorrow. I think all of us can get that because we don't have a nine to five. So it's like, I don't know what the fuck you do all day. You don't know what the, it's like, whereas like my dad or even like some of my sisters who are like a little bit older, like they're like, but you just work at McGillan's for a couple hours a day. And I'm like, yeah. You're actually right. That is what's giving me my money on the daily basis. (laughs) Sure. And on that scale, you're right. And I'm wrong. But we don't live in that world anymore because I'm like, I'm doing 15 things that I know will lead to something else. Mm -hmm. And then... Yeah, it will lead to 15 more things. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But then the thing that like actually comes down, right? So it's like, okay, well, the wedding's not stopping. But you going to Raven for a night, you can do that next week like the podcast it doesn't necessarily like it should it's better for your like fans and the listeners that it comes out exactly but there's no one telling you to do it whereas like that's what i mean where it's like sometimes like the quote-unquote real life is um the real life um steps in and goes, okay, actually, I, I, I want to be creative, but I know the whole time in the back of my head, I'm going to say, oh, shit, I have a shift now, or oh, mm-hmm. I got to plan this thing for the wedding. So it's like, I think our world is very creative. And the moment you're like, I don't think I'm going to be able to have this conversation. Dan's a good co-host because he's like, yeah, I don't want to have a conversation when if you're literally listening to something else the whole time, yeah. like in the back of your mind. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would go against the whole kind of theory of this show to be like, no, put your emotions away. Yeah. You cannot, yeah. you cannot have that. Yeah. That's so True. funny. I didn't even think about it like that. So, Peggy, <laughs> do you feel, uh, do you feel extra restless at work right now with the uh, album coming out? No, at work, I don't. Because again, that's like a, that's a, like, it's a, I have to do it. Like, I don't, if I worked in an office and I, maybe I could focus on the, like, if I worked where it wasn't like, like, but when I'm on the floor, like today I had to train somebody. Um, so I'm like, there's no time for me to think about the album unless regulars are like, are you excited about the album? Um, so I actually really, that's why I like doing like bartending or waiting tables or even managing restaurants because it's not so structured. Um, whereas working in an office and knowing you have to be somewhere for this amount of time and you're, but, but the difference is like, yes, I have to be at my waitressing job at in these hours. But even if there's no customers, I know that there's four other things I could do that, I guess that that is the benefit of of restaurant work is that like yeah you can't it's really... easy to keep busy somehow yeah yeah and I mean 
And I work better in that. Like I wrote my entire, uh, fuck, I feel like I told you guys this before, which is like so annoying. Um, but like I waited tables the summer going into my senior year of college and I wrote my entire movie, which, you know, it was a 17 minute movie. So it was like, what, 20 pages, maybe. Yeah. Um, but they were on like tech presenters. Like I wrote it in notes like that. Do you still have them? No, I should have saved them, but I would type that, it up. That'd be a really cool thing to have. <laughs> I know. It's like, it's like, I didn't know I'd be famous one day. JK, not going to happen. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> but, you knew. <laughs> but am I, I still you have an album. Uh, I do have an album coming oh, out. I don't, I don't, I don't mean right now, but I just mean like, eh, it's a matter of time. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know what's funny is like, I actually am like trying to, because I've been trying to write this thing because I was like, I love stand-up and I love writing stand-up. But after something happens, like on stage or in life, where it's like with movies or like sketches, something that's like could be completely, I mean, nothing comes from complete nowhere. But like, I'm like, I actually like, why am I not doing that at work at like now? Like there's definite moments where like I could jot down notes if I wanted to because that's what I mean it was like I was busy so it wasn't like I was just sitting there writing it's like I basically would write a scene out but it would be bullet points kind of like how I write stand-up where I'd be like this 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 and then I would go back and write out the scene or whatever I'm like I gotta get back into that um I mean, I'm I'm always the most productive creatively when it's the thing I'm not supposed to be doing oh yeah 100 percent yeah, the, the peripheral creativity is just where the best stuff I've made comes from. Or like when other people ask me advice or like I had this the other day where I was like, it was, I was at Philly's Funniest and I was like talking to a comic about this and that. And I was just like, maybe I'm not the con, like I'm not the talent. Like I'm better at the overall, like maybe I'm better at that. Like I should read somebody's, script and help them punch it up or whatever because that's like yeah. maybe that's what's like stopping me i uh, I, think that's... I was gonna say like well, growing up in the music world fear. yeah yeah i was it's hard to offer that to yeah people. <laughs> i w- growing up in like the music world and like playing in bands all the time um i thought that was gonna be my thing like I thought I was going to be a music, I was going to tour the country and I'm like, one of my songs is going to hit it big and I'm going to be that, like, that's what I'm going to do. And it's a very difficult thing. And it didn't pan out the way I wanted to because of life getting in the way or the, you know, the financial things, the backing, like my, my parents supported me a ton, but in the ways that I thought like, oh, you're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to do this. And that's not supportive. So I had this whole thing. And now I work within the music industry in a different capacity uh, that I did not did not think I would wind up working in by any means. But it feels very good that it's still within that world. Like, yeah, you know, that that world still existed and I'm still in it. It's just in a different suburb of it. You know, I'm not in the city. I'm just off to the side, but I'm still able to do my favorite part, which was like helping other artists out. I like the idea of helping and teaching and stuff. So. Right. But like, you probably have like, I don't know, skills with music, right? So like <laughs> you can skills. like play instruments. I see mm-hmm. a, gr- a guitar behind you. Like, it's very hard to put on paper to like, cause like, yeah, people are like, why don't you try to work at a radio station? 
or do this. And I'm like, as an intern, I have no like yeah. actual work. It's like, what am I going to say? Okay. So do you want to like look at my YouTube clips? Um, yeah. And that'll, no, it's like, so that's where I'm right now in life where I'm like, um, turning 37. Like I don't, I, and I don't even mean like it in a, I want to be famous or this or that. I'm just like with comedy, when you've wasted, not wasted, when you've done so much just comedy or just waiting <laughs> tables, it's like, I know what the skills are. Other people know what the skills are of me, but it's like, it's hard to translate it to like a job that makes you good money. Cause it's not like I could be like, I can play guitar, so I couldn't talk to your artist about this. Be like, I have written a joke about pussy, so I think <laughs> I could give insight to a man about how to be more sensitive to a woman. It, just, it doesn't really correlate, and that's why you know musicians what? get played, get paid at every gig, and comics are like, "We'll do it for yeah. free. We get it. We don't got a yeah, skill. Yeah. We don't." I mean, no, there are plenty. There are plenty of musicians. I was one of them where it was like the the tour is booked, and all I really need is the gas money to the next show. And if I can make that on t-shirts, that's fine. Um, yeah. So like, there was no guarantees or anything. But I will argue that how comedy... do you get the money to make t-shirts? That's Mom. what comic was gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mother. Uh, bar bar uh. <laughs> bar mitzvah money. Um, uh. <laughs> uh, so, but I will argue that I I hate to use the same example because by by no means am I on the uh, the the level of the Peggy O'Leary, but I think comedy does help in certain respects whether Listeners, it's good i money. made a weird face just so you know i did not like that he said that just before he goes <laughs> on i don't want anyone to think i was like yeah the mount rushmore of, of literally, my fear it's just all... went inside me i have i literally my face if you saw my face you're like oh yeah she does get fear uh, <laughs> um but like with, I just with, crossed my legs for the first time during this interview. Uh, I am nervous. She's collapsing in on herself. <laughs> uh, There's a vortex yeah. that's taking her right now. <laughs> uh, I just mean that, like, comedy writing, joke writing. Um, yeah, sure. It's very tough to walk into a job wearing a nice shirt and slacks and being like, I think my career in comedy has helped me do this, this, and this. Because th there's nothing tangible holding it together. You know what I mean? But however, yeah. I have gotten out of so many things at the job that I do. I work customer service, uh, which is not a job I want to enjoy doing. And I, I don't technically, but I can diffuse the situation. <laughs> I don't technically enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> I do technically enjoy it because I can use humor to diffuse. Like I can use charisma to diffuse an angry customer because something did got Wait, sent I'm out sorry, weird. George are you just customer service for like guitar center? I, no, 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 not guitar center. I, I can't, <laughs> I can't talk about it because it is, I've signed a, I I've signed a piece of paper that says you're not allowed to broadcast what you do, but I do get to do some pretty cool shit because I make people laugh on the phone. <laughs> no, I know. I'm kidding. I'm just like, I, when you said customer service, I'm like, Oh yeah, wait, I can do that. <laughs> it's not a great paying job. I just recently found out my fiance gets paid like three times as much. There it is. Three times as much money as I make. <laughs> Wait, you just found out? I told her how much I make and she said, that's one of my jobs. That's more, that's less than one of the jobs that I, that I work. 
And that's okay, why so is it three times wait, wait. because she has three jobs or is yeah. she like one of them is a real job, like pays a good salary. Well, I mean, she's been on the show one before. One of them is spin and one of them is real estate. Uh, and she, her spin instructor job pays more than my current job, which is her side job. <laughs> gotcha. Also, did you think it, I, I guess I'm saying, I think it's funny that you got engaged to getting married you have all this in the pipeline. You're like, today, today is the day. I found out. <laughs> yeah. Today it was to about a week. I've always known she's made more money than me, and I'm fine with that. Let me be a house husband. I'll cook. I'll clean. It'll be bad. I'll be bad at it. I'm bad at cooking. I don't clean very It'll well. be bad for a long yeah, time. Yeah, it's not going to be great. But like, oh, honey, you go get that money, girl. You you, you yeah. make our lives the best, and I love you for it. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> Well, on that, I think it is about time we hear what uh, everyone on the internet yeah, said what, makes them feel restless. Let's see what they said. I, I just realized that despite having headphones in, for whatever reason, when I've played the drops, it's coming out of my computer speaker. All right. That's fun. Like, I hear you guys in my headphones, but the drops are coming out of my computer. So, listeners, if that's weird in the edit, I'm not fixing it. <laughs> All right. All right. What do we say? So, also, what makes we may have restless? to we may have to hurry this along because so I just, I just keep going. So I may have a, something very cool happening after the show. <laughs> All right. Well, the, uh, the first one here, a certain leg syndrome. Fuck you, Andy Lane. <laughs> How dare you make a joke out of this show, this comedy show? How dare you? <laughs> yeah. Um, waiting for something specific, like an email response or a doctor's office, oh, or yeah. waiting, or waiting for someone without any updates of when or where they are. Mm -hmm. Oof, that is how I feel right now. Those are very drastically different kind of emotional responses for me, but I think they all do kind of stem from that same kind of anxiety last... feeling of restlessness. Yeah. Yeah, well, who who are you who are you waiting on, Peg? I'm waiting for my life to start. <laughs> <laughs> it's already That's the begun. Saddest thing to say on a comedy. It's already show. begun, Peggy O'Leary. This is it. <laughs> Did you just drop a John Mayer quote? Is that John Mayer? <laughs> Gravity. Ew, fuck off. <laughs> I would never. I hate John Mayer. Yeah, I yeah. Uh, I, I was watching <laughs> those. Sorry, like... John Del Calo. <laughs> <laughs> I, say, I hope John doesn't hear. I was watching those yeah. Dead and Company live and streams. No one else who would care. And I swear to God, every time, every time John Mayer sang a Jerry song, it sounded like fucking. Uh, oh, what is that artist name? I always forget it. Who's the guy that sings "You Got a Friend in Me"? Uh, James Taylor. No, no, no. Uh, Randy Newman. Randy Newman. Tim Allen. Yo. Yeah. A Grateful Dead tune, <laughs> a Grateful Dead tune sung by John Mayer sounds like Randy Newman covering the Grateful Dead. They have the same voice. I'm realizing now. <laughs> I don't hate that, though. I, I But I'd prefer it to be Randy Newman <laughs> playing too, with the too. dead. <laughs> uh, we have uh, not being at my own home. I don't feel that one. I'm mm. very, I'm very. That's just uh, being not tired. Restless. That's just being yeah. tired. <laughs> uh, Any, anytime I'm out, I'm like, good. When I'm home, I'm like, I got to do something. I got to do something. What, what's, the, what's the something? How do I feel? This? There's a thing above this one that is the opposite. There's like not being at home and then there's not leaving the house for too many days in a row. Yeah. That I think is I mean, closer to restless. 
that's closer to restless, right? Yeah. Yeah. That that kind of I think I, I finally realized like what the biggest one would be for me is when because like I I have a like school days off basically because I work in an elementary school, so like I get holidays and all that kind of stuff that Meg doesn't get. So I will have days where I don't talk to somebody until she gets home at like six thirty, and around like 2 p.m like the restlessness just hits so hard because it's like everybody i know is at work there's nothing i can do to kind of break out of this kind of weird feeling of like needing to communicate so you're just kind of stuck waiting for like everybody else's work day to end yeah also that's exactly it i if i'm alone for too long i feel bad for the first person that sees me because I will give them every thought that I've had all day. I'm just like, so what oh, did yeah. you do? Like, did you, okay, so I was sitting up, blah, blah, blah. my roommates used to be like, would walk into the house, like in college and be like, Peg, did you have class this morning? Like when I would stand up and be excited that they were home. And I'm like, no, I didn't. No, <laughs> like that puppy when the mom. No, I didn't. Yeah, I'm literally that puppy. I am literally a puppy. Like I'm like, okay, so here's it. And they're like, we just had a whole day at class. So you got to give us a second. <laughs> and then we'll talk to you because I'm like, oh, sorry. I just want to talk to everybody about everything. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Is that all? So we have a we're just all one golden more retrieval. One oh, one more real one. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> you know what that? Is. Yeah, I know. the The real one is needing to kill time, which we we've touched on enough. I just wanted to point it out that somebody else said it because sure. now that was a a much more succinct way than it had been said prior. Yeah. And, and let's uh, but, um, let's discuss this on, one. Let's just We're on the enemy. Um right. <sighs> I used to email the No you didn't. And, and he never wrote back. But one time I emailed him that there were too many saints and he finally wrote back with the subject line RE Saint less. Which is just a weird breakdown of the letters and the word restless not as best is this like a, is this just somebody who listens and then trolls you at the same time yeah yeah that's exactly yeah. who he is <laughs> friend of the show glenn tickle Every is my mortal enemy <laughs> has a response from him that is so disingenuine <laughs> what does it say oh well dan's gone uh oh no there you are then he said your ex communicated babe oh god there we are that was a terrible time to cut out because uh i just wanted to get through that moment and we were stuck we were stuck in in that moment tickle comment territory we were stuck (laughs) in the tickle comment oh no what what a fresh hell is this um, <laughs> who feels restless now get me out of here. <laughs> well let's leave on a good note because uh peggy o'leary you're fantastic you're amazing you're curling up into a ball right now um no i'm not <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for doing this again uh we thank love you, you. um oh, it's, it's so fun i cannot wait for the album you are one of my favorite f- everybody go pre-order fat you you're one of fat my favorite baby. funny people um and dan i'll see you next week Dan, love you. George, love you. You guys are the best. Feel Feelings is a Wasted Robot production. Editing done by Dan Getz. Music by George Bruderman. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at feelfeelingspod and even leave us a voice message at anchor.fm backslash feelfeelings. 
If you're ever feeling any heavy emotions and feel like there's nowhere to turn to, please don't hesitate to reach out to us or to any of the resources in the show notes. Thanks for listening. This has been a presentation from the Wasted Robot Network. For more information and links to other shows, please visit www.wastedrobotrecords.com/podcasts. We're such a professional show. <laughs>